Hey everyone, welcome to the Craig Muster Show, a show by Craig Muster, an executive business and life coach. Excited about our show today as it's all about helping people unlock their greatness and inspiring them to rise up and live their fullest life. This podcast is all about championing, coaching, transforming leaders, business people, entrepreneurs, thinkers, and creatives through the stories and experiences of today's frontline leaders in business, government, media, the creative arts, apologetics, and Christianity. If this is your first time listening to our show, I want you to know that Craig has a tremendous passion to see people thrive while dismantling impossibilities. So subscribe and join our tribe. And who am I? Well, I'm his co-host, Tanya Rodriguez. I am an entrepreneur and advisor to my city's cultural arts commission and a vision strategist. Here's Craig Muster. Hey, Craig, how are you? Good, good, good. I'm excited about today. Excited about our guest. How are you doing, Tanya? I'm doing great. It is. I'm sorry. We're in San Diego, so we're just having great weather over here. It's yeah, nice. Yeah, not to make everybody jealous, but hey, this is, <laughs> this is the reality. And, you know, today we get we get to talk to a friend of ours who's involved in several different things. But she knows how to bridge the gap between between business and social justice. And I know that's also your passion of yours, Tanya, as a business owner. And something that I've seen more, I think probably more now than ever before, is the necessity of understanding the power of proper capitalism. I've heard so much, so many derogatory comments towards capitalism as if it's the center of all evil, as if, you know, somehow creating wealth, there's something wrong with it. And I understand the hearts, or I should say, I, I seek to understand the hearts of people that are speaking against capitalism. I've had many conversations with people that don't understand it at its core. A lot of people that are much more for a socialism type of government. Yeah. And that brings up some very strong, Strong, strong opinions because people have been taken advantage by those that make money. People have been taken advantage by those that are creating wealth. And so I've seen a reaction to that to be, hey, we need to control everything that's happening and figure out how we can make sure we even playing field for everybody so that those who have are not manipulating those who don't. Now, that is a huge conversation of itself. Socialism has become the new fad in many places where we think, hey, listen, if we can actually create a socialistic government, we'll take care of the problem of people taking advantage of. But history does not tell us that that's true. Right. And I would challenge anybody who has the idea or thought when you're listening today and you're listening through the concepts we're going to be talking about and you're listening about social justice, and you're listening about capitalism, I would ask you simply to pause your critic for a moment. Pause the critic long enough to possibly see a different perspective that you're not used to. And I imagine today's podcast will probably make some capitalists angry and some socialists angry simultaneously, and that's okay by me. I'm much more focused on creating at least a conversation that we can come to grips with what it means to really be a capitalist from what I what I believe is a biblical perspective versus resorting to a socialistic government that to me is actually not biblical. And I, I would just simply coin the phrase that Harold Eberly years ago coined, which is compassionate capitalism. 
It's an understanding that God has given the individual the ability to create wealth. But the purpose of creating wealth is not simply to get quote unquote rich or to be able to rule over people or to be able to somehow manipulate people. It, the purpose of it is actually to take the care of the needs of people. It's to help people that can't help themselves. It's to help the poor, help the needy, bring justice where there's injustice, bring righteousness where there's unrighteousness, and actually bring solutions to a world that is craving and dying for solutions, not rhetoric. That's what we've got to do. We've got to know how to create wealth so we can bring solutions when everyone else is complaining. We should be, when I'm speaking of the church, as a business owner myself and as a leader in the church, the church should be solution-based, solution-oriented, and we should be known for our solutions much more than our complaining. And there's a whole group and a whole tribe that are thriving and desiring and passionate about living that out as imperfectly as we can we can walk that out. So that is something for us to chew on today. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. It's near and dear to, I know, to your heart, Tanya, and to Dana Nueska, which is our guest today. She is a business owner. She's completely dived straight into social justice. And knowing how to bridge those two worlds is part of the reason why I brought her in today. So I cannot wait for you guys to get to know her. And with that, I just want to introduce Dana. Would you just say hello to everybody? Hey, everyone. So I'm here today and just a little background on myself. My husband and I purchased a, what's a franchise about six years ago. We've been in business and prior to purchasing the franchise, I started a nonprofit with a friend. I currently sit as the president of the board of that nonprofit and we um, started it in 2012. It was birthed in 2011 and official in 2012 and we started in Costa Rica and we are now in three other countries and just growing and growing and growing. And we work with, initially we started working with sexually exploited children. And then we realized there were a lot of factors in sexual exploitation. So now we work with at risk. We try to get in before there is ever even an issue. And as a matter of fact, we just had a board meeting on Sunday night. So when I'm not running a business, I'm working on Seeds of Hope is the name of the organization. And it's just been a really a, an amazing transition. Here's the deal, friends. I was running the nonprofit with my friend for three years, making no money because that's a nonprofit, right? All of the money went to the program. But I quickly realized I could not continue to afford flying around the country, speaking to various churches I could not continue in that and, and paying my own bills. I live in San Diego. So my husband and I decided to look into a business that we could basically, you know, give me a little bit of freedom. And so that whole compassionate capitalism, Craig, I use that term so much because you introduced me to that term when I used, you know, when we hired you as a coach and for our business. And you are right. You know, it, we have to have money in order to do the things that need to be done in this world. And I am so thankful because now I can give back as a business owner to Seeds of Hope in many, you know, not only time, but in finances, because I have the capacity now. So, and I'm not, I'm not running on empty. 
because, you know, I've got, you know, all of that covered. So just quick, we've got one son who has three children. They live in Japan and with COVID, it's been a real bummer. We have not been able to see them since December 2018. So please COVID go away so we can go. We are planning it Christmas, but not looking like it's going to happen. So we really miss them. And, And my husband's a retired Marine, 20 years retired. And we married when we were 19. We've been married 34 years and live in San Diego, wonderful San Diego. So that's kind of a little bit about me. I love that. And, you know, family, of course, to to us is the core, right? I mean, this is this is our core covenant relationships with our spouses or with our parents, with our children. And that drives us to begin to find solutions for what we're even facing as a family. And I think that in and of itself the idea of being able to create wealth versus the idea that somehow creating wealth is is evil because people have taken advantage of other people. But there is a caveat that, that I do know a lot of people that create wealth that are very unhealthy, dysfunctional. They're what I would say making money to fill a void inside of them because they don't have friendships. They don't have relationships And for us, we would say, you know, that big void isn't fully filled until somebody gets to know Jesus. But, you know, even in the coaching world, when I'm talking to people that have no real belief in God, the principles of being driven to create something out of your business because you're lacking something relationally is ruining people's lives. Where they're after, right? There, there's this thirst. I need more money. I need more power. I need more significance. And that money and power is going to give it to me. And so I, I guess I can understand a lot of why some people are pushing against capitalism to the level that they're currently doing it. Because we do see a lot of people who are strong capitalists that are not very nice people. Mm-hmm. But the problem and the issue then goes back to, is capitalism the issue or is it the heart of the person person who's using the tool? Meaning if capitalism at its nature is the ability for an individual to create wealth, that might not be the problem. The problem, and I would just propose this, the problem might be the heart of the person who's creating it. And when I look at your life, you know, Dana, and I, I see, you know, here you are, you said three years that you were running the nonprofit before you even started the business, Correct. Correct. Yeah, so you have three years of running a nonprofit, which I celebrate tremendously. And and I have, you know, I have two different nonprofits right now. We have that are doing two different things. I think it's brilliant. And the ability to create a nonprofit that's geared towards social justice, geared towards helping people, geared towards meeting people's needs is so, so important. And people that are championing that right now, that that seems to be okay with with the majority of people are thinking, yeah, you know what, running a nonprofit and helping people, you should do that. But the moment you attach a capitalistic mindset, it seems to trigger people right now. You know, it seems to be like, wait, wait, you must be evil if you're creating money, you know, and, and going back to that. So I'd love to hear your process when you started the business, what inspired you to start your business? What did the first year look like of your business as you're getting it going? Let me just go back for just one second. My husband and I grew up in on Maui. And so we grew up in families that valued work. There was no such thing as a stay-at-home mom. And so when I took this role in this nonprofit, 
I clearly realized that I was not going to get paid. I opted to raise support. Really funny sending support letters saying, I live in San Diego. Can you support me? I didn't get <laughs> very well. And so, you know, I put as much as I could into it. And at some point, my husband and I both came to the, the knowledge that, you know, I, I have a master's degree. It's time for you to get back out there. You've done your part. But, you know, it, it's important culturally for us. It was important to kind of, you know, to to give back to our our home life. So, you know, without going into a whole bunch of detail, I went and we started looking for a business that would give me that flexibility. Right. So the first year, I love this story because everyone told me that when you own a business, you have to eat peanut butter and jelly. We canceled all of our frivolous stuff. You know, we canceled cable. Um, anything that was out of the norm went. And so we were ready. We were ready to eat peanut butter and jelly. That was so not a lot of fun. That's what everyone told me would happen in my first year of business. And that's not what happened. As a matter of fact, we even refinanced our house just in case we took out that additional equity, just in case we needed to live on it. Because I just, you know, was trying to be a good steward and figure this whole thing out. And we never used that money. And business just took off. And this was 2000, you know, we bought the business 2014, opened our doors in 2015, and it just took off. So thank the Lord, it all went, you know, so smoothly with lots of prayer behind it. You know, one of the great things about you, Craig, that you introduced to me is that God, I am the steward and God is my business owner. And I can't tell you how many mornings I wake up and go, oh yeah, you're the business owner. Yeah, I have this issue. What are Lord? What are you going to do today? And 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 it just has really freed me in my thought process around my business. And I think I I think I believed that initially, but now I've embraced it. You know, it's kind of gone from here down to here. And so, you know, I can I can honestly say I'm thankful that we've started this business. I'm thankful. I will say this: but did I did have to take a step back from Seeds of Hope? For about two years, I was only in a role of consult of consultation to the founder, Penny. And she'd call and say, what do you think? You know, and I was on the board, but it was a very loose board. We actually have a formal board now, a formal, you know, team of board members from all across the U.S. And now I've been able to step back into that role. I went down to Costa Rica in January. I hadn't been down since 2016. So, you know, you can see that I did take a big chunk out of my time to get the business up and running. But I never forgot about it. I never stopped praying for it. I never stopped supporting it. And now I can actually, you know, give of my time to it. So, you know, I love that I can own a business. I love that I can, you know, and continue to give back and expect nothing in return from that because I have this section, the capitalist section over here that allows me to give. I just want to say one thing really quick. I was talking to a Democratic friend of mine and we are really good friends and we were talking, this was probably about a year ago, and and she said that she just believes that the government should take care of, you know, the giving. If we increased our taxes, government should take care of the giving. And, and I said, no, I would rather give than have the government manage anything. To me, the, the you know, I know that the government does its part, but it's not there to manage all of the social injustice. And because I'm a Christ follower, he's equipped me to have, you know, that small piece of the puzzle. I have the social justice, sexual exploitation piece of the puzzle, but 
but there are other people who have other pieces of that puzzle that look very different from mine. And so I am a firm believer in, no, let the people do the work because God equips us to do it and we do it well. Your company, Tailored Living, so that's supporting Seeds of Hope. What is the relationship there? How is it? How does it flow with each other? That's a great question. I, I wouldn't say that financially we support them. If we do a fundraiser, you know, I buy all the food. You know, it's like my, my CPA always says, it has to be something tangible, Dana. It's tangible. I don't make enough money for the write-off to be a cash. But what I love, I think what I love about it the most is that it gives me finally freedom to travel to Costa Rica for, you know, a week in January to we in January of every year, generally, we have a seeds of hope. We fly all of our staff in from all the various countries and we do a one, you know, it's actually three days of a retreat for them. I mean, we pamper them. They get facials and massages. I mean, things they've never, never even had. Some of them don't even have running water in their homes and they come to a retreat that has a bathtub, you know, and they just, they're, they're so excited. So I come in strictly as a servant. I cook, I clean, I I do whatever I'm told and just so that we can bless our staff. And it's just, it's really fun. I got to put together gift bags for men, you know, and I bought it all with, with tailored living money and donated to Seeds of Hope. So those are some real tangible ways outside of time that I'm able to give now, which I, you know, I just love. And you said it's not only in Costa Rica, where is it right now? Yes, good good question. It's in El Salvador. We have a program uh, getting ready to open two in El Salvador. We've got two programs in Nicaragua and we have one in Guatemala. Granada is in Nicaragua, Guatemala. I love it. I mean, me as well. I'm loving this topic. I'm loving, you know, some of the things Craig said, you said, Dana. I was just, you know, this is this is also, you know, we talk about kingdom principles in this podcast. And so, I mean, isn't it just funny? I'm just reading, you know, First Kings, just a little bit of Solomon and some of his wisdom. And, you know, it was when he had that time of peace on all sides with the wealth that he had at that time, he actually started to be a blessing, not just to the nation of Israel, right? Israel, Judah, but he started to be that Malachi blessing that talks about not just blessing us, but blessing all those that are around us. So the nations around him were blessed and workforces were increased, not just in Israel, but outside of Israel. So not just, you know, it's not just about just the Christians either. It's about everybody who gets blessed here. When you're working the kingdom principles, when you're creating wealth with the right mindset, right? We're in this giving back, you know, to, to our community and building in our community. So it's not just capitalism for money's sake, but it is to see the kingdom expand. That's such a great way to be a person of influence and to, you know, spread kingdom principles. Love it. I will say this. What I love about kingdom principles is that they work for everyone, whether you are a Christian or not, because I know a lot of givers that do not know Christ, but they give and give and give. And I am always amazed at how blessed they are. Because it's a principle, right? It's a it's a scriptural principle that works regardless. I, I love when it's in concert with Christ because then it really does change the world. It's not just giving to give. And but I do love that giving is so important. It, you know, I was in church when I was a young 
adult newly married. My check, my first check that I ever bounced, I've only ever bounced one check and guess what it was? $5 tithe check because it was all I could afford. And so I gave my five bucks and God said, I don't really want your five bucks. Keep it. And it was the only check I've ever bounced. And but what I what I love about God is that even with the principle that was really difficult to understand as a new believer and a young married, it has cha- transformed my life. I can't imagine. You can't outgive him. You know, you can try. It is so much fun to watch and see. It's not like I give to get. It's a spiritual principle that happens. And so it is really fun to be in concert with God and watch literally, you know, him multiply the fishes and the loaves. It's amazing. Yeah. So in if you were to say, you know, so 2015 to, to today, what's been the trajectory of your business? And, you know, how has your business changed since, let's say, 2018, 2017? What's happening within the business world of tailored living? Well, the, you know, every year we, we set a goal and we were meeting that goal. And so this year we set a pretty lofty goal and COVID hit. And I will tell you that, you know, from March, whatever that date was in March 13th, 19th, whatever it was, where the whole world kind of California shut down. That's our whole world. Right. And we went for about a month with very limited everything. We kind of stopped everything. And then we realized we're considered an essential business. It's a stretch, but we are essential. We fall under that category. And so once that all happened, we kind of came back to life. So we lost a little bit of momentum towards the goal. We'll probably end the year almost exactly where we were last year. And that's totally fine. But it also has given me the ability to revamp the way that I do business. I didn't know that was coming, but it was a really good revamping. And we made some really great changes. I ended up hiring a general manager about, I met him early COVID and we talked and talked and went back and forth. And finally he started in August. So it's a definitely a field of dreams moment for me and you know, build it and they will come and have the faith that you can do it. And I needed to do it because of one of the other things that happened, and you know, this is another topic for another day and I won't get into it, but my husband ended up leaving our business in September of last year. It was business or marriage. And Craig is one of the key persons said, is it covenant? Do you give up covenant or do you give up the business? And Kalani and I both decided, oh no, we we don't want to give up the marriage. Let's separate the business from each other because it just wasn't working for us. So he left, he's working elsewhere and I'm running the business. And so I know I, I knew I was going to need some help. I couldn't do it all alone. And but I wasn't sure I could financially afford it. And, you know, it's just it's literally business is stepping out in faith like everyday life. I've watched you do that and I've watched you do it consistent. I don't know, you know, and we've known each other a couple of years now, but I haven't seen you in a season of not stepping out, meaning I and and of course, because the invitations that God's given you hasn't stopped coming. And I think some people think that the purpose of creating wealth is so that we don't have to be afraid anymore. Let's create wealth so we don't have to step out and risk anymore. Let's create wealth to where I even would say it this way to, to those of you that are even believers in God, sometimes internally in our subconscious, we want to create enough money to where we don't have to trust God anymore. If I can get enough, then that takes care of that flittering feeling I have inside of me of, you know, what if I, this doesn't work out well. 
And that's not the purpose. That's not, you know, you brought up the covenant. I mean, and, and this is, this is not the purpose of business is not to create enough money where we don't have to trust God or not. The purpose of business is to draw closer to God and then create wealth. The drawing closer is the objective. The creating wealth is the fruit. And, you know, maybe we'll spend a whole podcast just on that understanding of how to create wealth from intimacy with God, not just with your gift mix, because I've seen so many people do exactly what you're talking about. They sacrifice their covenant relationships to, tr to try to create wealth. And that mindset says that money is all powerful and God is submissive to money. And that's not true. God is all powerful and money should be submitted to God. It should be submitted to God. And from that place, then you're creating wealth because of covenant. You're not creating wealth that destroys relationships and destroys covenant. And I've, I've just watched you guys. I've watched you and your husband make the tough decisions, the inconvenient decisions over and over again for several years now to continue to risk, to continue to be invited into places of risk in your business for him to go in to actually start working in a different area to protect your marriage. And to me, when I look at that and I look at the fruit of it, and here you are doing Seeds of Hope now in three different nations where you're bringing real life solutions in social justice to people in need and preventative solutions, which is critical, guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you don't just have to pick up the broken pieces. That's not your only option. You can actually put effort into keeping the pieces from breaking in the first place. And they're both very real. And so I look at sometimes this, this concept of, hey, I want to create money. I want to create business. But Sometimes people never get around to doing anything but creating more money. I mean, I, you know, and I've seen it. I've seen people never look around long enough to go, wait, but maybe 10 more years and then I'll start to make a difference in someone else's life. Wait, another 20 years because somewhere safety and security meaning has all come from that money and there's, they're not loving others. And I just want to commend you, you know, Dan, I, th I think that you've done a tremendous job because I've watched your business the profitability increased the last several years. It continued in the, even in the midst of COVID. You guys are going to be almost the same as last year. That's that's crazy, crazy. And in the midst of that, your eyes are on the right thing. You want to bring solutions into people's lives, and in a very real way. So when you go, you know, when you go in and and you do those resorts, tell us a little bit more about what the people are experiencing. What is your interaction with them? When you fly down there, you're taking them to a resort, you're taking them to a retreat. What would you say is the transformation happening in their lives? Well, I can tell you, Jesse from Guatemala, one of the first people we picked up at the airport, We what we did was we kind of rented, you know, there's like a bunch of little cottages around a pool and a pool house and, you know, a fellowship hall. It's not Christian, but and we pick up Jesse at the airport and we're like, okay, here's the agenda for the day for you. Well, she doesn't come for dinner. And we're like, where, what happened? You know, we dropped her off in her little house and she gets up the next morning. She goes, I can't even believe I got a bath. I just took a bath for like hours. And then I took another bath and I, I, I don't know. I don't have a bathtub. I don't even have running water in my house. So, I mean, it just gives me chills to think I take these things for granted and I have people working, we have people working on our staff. The people that work on our staff are not actually missionaries from uh, the U.S., 
They're actually from Costa Rica, from Nicaragua, from Guatemala, and from El Salvador. Wow. And they're real locals. And we go in and we do a lot of training and bring them together. And so the, the training that we do, the one that we did in January was, you know, to live on them, to speak prophetically into their life. They need it. It's a dog eat dog, especially in Nicaragua, where, well, even in Guatemala, it's just a scary place sometimes. And so we come, we bring them in and just love on them and pamper. And it was so refreshing to see. I will, I have to tell this funny story. I was cooking in one of the, in the kitchen In the kitchen, when I say kitchen, just, just know it's makeshift, right? Half the burners don't work. The refrigerator is like on the fritz. So I'm, I'm in the kitchen and somebody comes in behind me and I have like 20 mosquitoes on my legs, but I'm sweating so bad because we're making pasta. And so I don't even realize it. And I look down and the next day, I look like I had chicken pox. And, um, my, my dinner making, it was so fun, but it, it's like, you know, you do those things because those are things they live with every day. And it's so fun to see the camaraderie. Oh, to see them all coming together they'd never met each other from all these nations and they were all sharing and swapping business ideas and, you know, clubhouse ideas and curriculum ideas. And there is nothing better than watching them come alive. They can't wait. We've got one planned in February and we're praying, you know, that we're going, we've already booked the place and we'll see what happens. It's just, if we can cross borders and people can come across borders and Costa Rica, I think is finally opening up just opened this month. So we've been, we haven't even been able to travel down there since COVID, but God is still working. I'm telling you, he's just kind of changed our program down there in, in the midst of COVID and we're okay. You know, it'll come back and it'll be different and it'll look different. So now is your, just curious, is your program Seeds Hope? So is it the same in every country? What's the specific people that you're going after? Sure. Um, Basically in Costa Rica's are. It's where we started. We've got a physical clubhouse that we purchased land, had Americans come down and build us a building. So it's the only one where we have a physical structure that we own in a very, very rural, poor community. And so then what we've done is we've created what we call clubhouse in a box. And so we take that clubhouse in a box and we give that to other organizations in various countries. They raise their own support. We do a little bit of support in the other countries. Just it's it's pretty minor, but they actually raise a lot of their own support okay. using our curriculum, our program, and running with it and opening it up to the community. And then, who is it? Is it like an age group or like that you're going after, or just like just children at risk? Or it used to be twelve and above, twelve to seventeen, and we have since kind of opened that up a little bit to you know ten. 10 year olds and and that and then we some of our programs not all of our programs it depends Costa Rica has our largest staff program we actually those are all paid staff there Costa Ricans they actually have a younger group that they work with but the others are so limited on staff that they stick with the program one of our programs in Nicaragua just opened a hair salon so they're training a lot of our kids to cut hair and they've actually opened a physical salon so it's it's amazing to see the ingenuity and the creativity going on when God's involved. And a lot of it isn't even us pushing them. It's them getting excited about the program and running with it. So, yeah, it's really cool. That's amazing that you would just start build, 
like basically you're teaching them how to create wealth as well. <laughs> That's part of your program, just on the side as well. <laughs> they absolutely have to. It's there's no way around it. They've got to create wealth or they'll be stuck in that cycle. Yeah. And I mean, to me, that again is compassionate capitalism. What does it look like to give people the ability and to inspire them to create wealth? And wealth is not static. And I think sometimes we fall into that mistake of thinking, well, wealth is a certain exact amount of money. Well, no, for somebody who's making, you know, $5,000 a year, wealthy's making $7,000 a year. That gives us the freedom to really, not only ability to, to help you know, send money, bring solutions, but empower them to tap into that God-given ability, Deuteronomy 8.18, remember the Lord your God as he gives you the power or the ability to create wealth in order to fulfill covenant. That type of mindset, and, and like you said, Dan, people don't even have to know God to see that the principles work. They're like laws of nature. And so the, he gives humanity the ability to create wealth. So to see that you're doing this and, and to watch what you're doing in Latin America, which of course, dear to our hearts, is so much fun to see transformation of lives in a way that can be felt, meeting felt needs and empowering them to do what you've been doing here in the U.S. for several years now. And, and of course, I know more of your story. I know the backside and I know that, you know, the ups and the downs and what you had to fight through in your personal journey to create wealth but you've done it. And so to me, just, just to hear your story, my prayer is that everybody listening to this podcast is inspired. Number one, if you've never thought of yourself as, as a business owner, because you've always thought, you know what, that's somebody else's, you, you might be, you might be the right person to start a business today. It's not just for, for a specific personality type or a specific person with a, you know, a specific background. It's for people that want to actually create something from nothing and to see something get produced out of relationship to God and to community. And if that is you, if you're listening and you're, you have a passion to connect to God in a way that you can see him in his majesty in a way you've never seen before, I want to encourage you, you might be the entrepreneur that you're waiting for somebody else to be. If you have a passion for social justice and you want to go make a difference and, and you want to start a nonprofit, but you're just hoping a bunch of other people create wealth to support you, I want to challenge you. You might be the one who's actually called to create the wealth and you just have never put yourself into that category. My question to you is what would have happened to all those people that Dana is now ministering to because she has the resources to invest in? If she would never have seen herself as the creator of wealth, only the nonprofit trying to get wealth. And that's not demeaning the nonprofit. I'm just saying that there's a place for both and they've got to run together. What would you say, Dana, to all the people out there that have dreamt of meeting people's needs, but aren't sure they have what it takes to actually do a business? I will tell you this, just in, in concert with what you're saying you know, when we first started Seeds of Hope, everybody got excited. A lot of people got excited. And I'll never forget a woman from Florida called and she said, I got your number through such and such. And I just want to help. And I said, great, here are 10 ways that you can help us. 
And I listed all 10 and he said, I can't do any of those. And I said, well, then what do you want to do? What is it? You, what is in your heart? And she started crying and she said, I, my heart is just broken. And I said, well, these, I gave you 10 things and each one of those things were completely within her grasp because we always give everybody something that they can do. And it was then that I realized that there are a lot of broken hearts, but not a lot of hope, even in the world that wants to change. And so I think I would say this, just say yes, say yes and go with it. And God will, he will provide, you know, I know there's a lot of ministries that fly by the seat of their pants and like, oh, I just know God will give me, you know, I'm going to just show up and it'll be fine. Yeah, that he does do that. But I do believe in having purpose and practice and, you know, and a goal and a budget and let's do this and have faith at the same time. Because I can tell you this, we've got one donor who we dearly love. He found us right away and he gave us a couple, a couple thousand dollars a year. Always would say, that's all I can afford. We were so very thankful. That man is our largest donor. He's like this most amazing donor. And he continues to give, it was like he was testing us. He wanted to see, are they going to ask for more? We didn't. We were walking by faith at that point, And we still are. We walk hugely by faith. And yet we have goals and a budget and a purpose. And so for those of you who are thinking, gosh, I really want to do something I, I definitely believe entrepreneurial endeavors are the way to go because there's so many. Here's the deal. Each one of you has something inside of you that is uniquely yours. That is, you have a unique breakthrough in. You can offer that to the world. People are looking for a breakthrough. Look at COVID right now. There's a lot of hurting people and they need a lot of hope. So find your thing, your, whatever it's, if it's, you know, tangible or intangible, offer it out there and begin to, you know, to spend your time, your resources so that you can then give and don't wait, don't wait for that next, oh, in 10 years. I, I so was that person, Craig, when I was young, I was like, oh, you know, when I get to this number and it was like, God just one day said, no, do it now, Dana, give Give that astronomical number today. And I remember thinking, I can't. And I did it by faith. And ever since then, I'm like, okay, I can do it. If he tells me to do it, I can do it. So I would encourage everyone out there, if you have a dream in your heart, dreams are amazing, but they need to come to fruition. And in order to do that, you have got to start the process. Just start, say yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And I mean... I, I just really feel like, you know, we you can do both. You can have social justice and business. I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were like, well, I really want to be in Christian ministry. I don't know that I want to be in the marketplace. Wait, you are in Christian ministry in the marketplace. <laughs> you, you get to do both. And how awesome is that? So I think we get stuck with, we, we start yeah. putting things around ourselves. And I, I don't think we can do it all. And we can when Christ equips us. And I just, Dana, I putting dream, you know, some legs on the dreams, you know, is what I'm hearing you say, put, so, it's the time of the entrepreneur. Yes. It's the time, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit, I think now more than ever, I just, anyone who's listening, I just pray that you'd be awakened 
in this moment. And it's not about making money. I think that's our point. It's just, you know, it's, it's using your skills, your tools, your ingenuity, the vision, the strategy, the blueprints, all of it so that we can expand so that we can build and it's an expansion and building time. And this is what I believe is happening. And this is what you're doing. And so many others are doing right now. It's that compassionate capitalism. It's not just for us, but for everyone, you know, who's in who, who we've been called to, right. It's not just everyone. It's just who we've been called to. And I think we can do the most, you know, damage or the most good with that. So it's excellent. Excellent. So all of you that are listening, I, I just, my prayer is that you are awakened to potential, that you are not satisfied with what you've seen in your history, but that you move beyond your history into the potential of what your future holds, that you would not just leave social justice to someone else, but that you would pick it up in the area that you can today. And that you would not leave creating wealth to someone else, but that you would pick up your torch, even if you're an employee at a business, that you would go to work every day thinking, I am lending my strength to this business to create wealth. That there would be a certainty in your steps that would come because of your connection to God, not because of your performance, and that you would rest in the midst of wherever you find yourself right now. For all of you business owners out there, my challenge to you is don't hold back in creating wealth. Don't hold back in creating a surplus. Really, I want to challenge you right now. Don't, don't hold back because the world is desperate for solutions. And maybe you have enough for yourself, but what about all the people that are absolutely dying. We're talking literally physically dying because of a lack of their needs being met that you could meet their needs today. It's time to live for something greater than you creating wealth to meet your own needs. It's time to create wealth, to bring solutions to the world so that the world could see the reality that they have a father in heaven that desperately loves them and wants to meet their needs where they're at. And you could be the person he wants to use to do that. So I bless you with the tenacity to not quit and not stop because you're creating wealth to the point that maybe you're un even uncomfortable with the amount of wealth you're creating. Create it until it offends you and start to give it away until you bring patience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for giving every person who's listening to this the capacity to do what they couldn't do yesterday. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you, Dana, for being on the show today with us. Hey, can you tell people real quick how they can connect with you on Tailored Living or Seeds of Hope? Perfect. Yes. Uh, Seedsofhope.international online and tailoredliving.com in um, in San Diego. It, you can just type in tailoredliving.com forward slash San Marcos and you can you can connect with us there we are on yelp and google and all those places and seeds of hope international seeds of hope dot international is our website so we'd love to have you check us out thank you guys i really feel privileged that i got to be on your show today so thank you thank you thank you yeah thank you dana and so everyone if you felt empowered by today's episode, join our mailing list to find out more about live events and e-courses or find us on craigmuster.com. You can also leave a comment below and tell others about the Craig Muster Show. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.